Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode is all about WrestleMania X7. Chris Kelly and I discuss the arguably the best WrestleMania, definitely the best WrestleMania with the worst title. Once again, the title of this WrestleMania is WrestleMania X7, a brand new way to use numbers. The music that you're currently listening to is by Limp Biscuit. They're a horrible band that I saw on a boat earlier this year. If you'd like to hear all about seeing Limp Biscuit on a boat called Ship Rocked, just go to the uh, podcast feed and there's a bunch of episodes from February. Jen Tisdale and I on a boat with uh, Limp Biscuit by choice. Who knew that was going to be a thing that happened? Who knew Limp Biscuit would be heard so many times during WrestleMania X7? This podcast has been going for over seven years at this point. If you hate wrestling, there's over 350 other episodes you might enjoy. If you like wrestling, awesome. That's a cool thing, and now we're all cool people. So, without further ado... Oh, God, Limp Bizkit's so bad. I was going to do a Limp Bizkit pun. All right, let's just do it. No, we're not going to do a Limp Bizkit pun. We're better than that. We're better people than that. Here's the podcast with no Limp Bizkit pun. Chris Kelly and I on WrestleMania X7. Podcasts are fun. I hope. WrestleMania X7, relatively fun. Yeah, no. This is a good one. This is the longest set of notes I have for any WrestleMania. I didn't even, I didn't check, but it gets pretty long. This is interesting because it's, in, it's in my top five, but it's not my top, and it's your top. I believe it's the top uh, through 17. Okay, through X7 uh, amount of WrestleMania. <laughs> Jesus, not a number, everyone. <laughs> not a number. We're not naming this. This is it. Here we go. WrestleMania X7, best intro yet. Yeah, this is great because it's um, it's got that cinematic and the global. It's them as a global company. It's showing them people around the world watching WrestleMania on TVs with antennas. Well, exactly. Thank you for, uh, for doing that but because you can't, that, you can't do. do that. It's pay-per-view. <laughs> that being said, it's still great. Yeah, it's the same uh, classy Freddie Blassie uh, narration that they've probably just been cannibalizing since 13. There's nothing wrong with no, that. No, that's if fine. It, they if it works, it. it works. It's like if you have a Howard Corsell call, use it. I mean, how is this any different than the intro for Monday Night Football? Yeah, no. I mean, it's and it, he's saying timeless things, and they've probably said the, the champions and the titans and whatever else they've said before, but it's good. Um, that said, they do cut uh, almost immediately to our theme song. Which is, and also has one of the worst intros. So this is part two of the intro, one of the worst things yet. Yeah, uh, My Way by Limp Bizkit. And we learned that Snickers Cruncher is the official candy of WrestleMania 17. Yeah, it presents the granddaddy of them all, uh, which you will find them not calling it anymore because uh, Vince thinks granddaddy uh, makes it seem old. Oh, it's such a great... The what? granddaddy of them all. That's the best. Yeah, I'm, let's keep track and see. They don't reference it that a lot. I don't think they've oh, referenced no. it that yet. So we're in this like sweet spot where they're like, we've been around, but we're cool. No, they've said the granddaddy of them all like, really early on. Okay. I, I rewatched the top of WrestleMania 6 today. They said the granddaddy of them all, I okay. think at least. Well, then let's keep an eye on it to see when Vince thinks it makes them seem old. They definitely compared it to like historic things. So like right. they were okay with bringing in the old. Anyways... We're in a giant stadium for the first time in a long time. This feels like the beginning of the modern era as far as uh, this looks like a WrestleMania like it does now. And even in terms of cameras, the cameras have advanced a lot in the last few years, and we're finally getting to see that. Yes, and this is April 1st, 2001 at Houston's Reliant uh, Stadium, also known as Astrodome. Yeah. It's great. Uh, For the first time, we have Pauly Dangerously. How does he refer to himself? In this, it's Paul Heyman. 
It's Paul Heyman. Paulie Dangerously was the character in WCW. Okay, but Paulie Dangerously, JR refers to him at one point as Paulie Dangerously. I think. I think to make a joke of like okay. he's had different names because it's sort of like the we've already gone this through Terry Funk versus his yeah, other names. I mean, Mick Foley, Izzy Mankind, etc. We're going to refer to Paulie today as Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, which is his birth name. Yes, legit birth name. I believe so. Okay, cool. Why would you pick it? So Paul Heyman, the current advocate for Brock Lesnar and uh, formerly CM Punk, and Cesaro. I think that's it. Cesaro too. Okay, yeah. great guy. Yeah, one of and the best on Mike Talents. Yeah, and this is a great duo between Jr., probably the best, one of the best uh, announcers of all time, and Paul Heyman, kind of an underrated one because I think people think of him more as the promoter. And he's so good at this. On my guy, so good at this, and they're great together. Yes. Uh, What's missing is the walking, talking joke book. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler, not here. I thought you were making a joke about Michael Cole. Oh no, uh, cool guy tips, Michael Cole. No, I'm good. He is actually at this WrestleMania, but he has been relegated to a sort of backstage role. I believe that's what we've seen him so far. No, he called. I think 14. I am a hundred percent sure that Michael Cole was one of our main announcers. Okay, I'm going to look this up. Look when it up. You talk. So Jerry the King, um, if you'll remember from WrestleMania 2000, uh, the one prior, um, the cat was in a cat fight. Um, she ended up marrying uh, the king, and even though she wasn't a teen, and then he, she got fired, uh, and he quit. Um, and there's really no like that's all the story is. There people some there's like conspiracy theories that like Heyman pushed him out. Um, they had had a storyline. Michael feud. Cole was the main commentator on WrestleMania 15. Okay, and also the pre-show Heat. Gotcha. So fuck off. Yeah, I'm listening. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, so he was only out for nine months, which it, but it worked out here because he missed one of the best WrestleManias of all time and didn't soil it with his stupid jokes. Or did he? would he have not made it one of the best WrestleManias of all time? Would that have sullied this so much mm-hmm. it would have knocked it down from your number one possibly, position? Possibly. Yeah. There's so many great calls in here and so much great stuff here that it, it might have. Oh, God. This is the maybe the best use of calls yet because JR, for the first time, has someone that could actually do color. Yeah. And that allows him to just say beautiful one to two to three lines. And, and the and the contrast of good old boy, good old JR, Oklahoma versus Paul Heyman, New York Jew, like their contrast in styles, Heyman being uh, nominally the heel commentator and kind of playing off each other, just it's perfect. We should say for historic sake, it's okay that you're referring to him as the New York Jew because... Oh, he refers to himself as a, a, a Jew boy from New York. Okay, good. So I, I just I'm not going to use that designation. Sure. I just want to make that clear that like you're not throwing that out Honestly, there. You, can, you can say Jew. It's really it's how you say it. Yeah, I know. But when you say it like when we're talking about wrestling, we should be very, very clear careful. Okay. about what we're doing. So let's get to our first match. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say this is the um, best first match since uh, Heart to Heart. Yeah, I think that's 10. Yes. So this yeah, is I think you're right. Chris Jericho, our intercontinental champion, uh versus William Commissioner William Regal. Um and it's got a story. Yeah, and for, we have a video package before our first bout. Yeah. Set what the, tone. the hell? We haven't yeah. seen that since 10. Yeah. That's so great. And that sets the tone for like having stories, having matches with stakes. And it's also not a serious story. No, not at all. Regal uh didn't like Jericho and he was the evil commissioner, so he gave him bad matches. So then uh Jericho peed in his tea. Yeah, because he's a, British. That's the story. That's it. That's amazing. Yeah. 
And it's so it's so dumb, but it's fun. Yeah, he it's so fun that he interrupted a regal match as Doink. You can have fun with these things, and the match could be amazing. Yeah. We're learning that. We've gotten to this point now where we're going to see a lot more comedy, and it's not horrible comedy. Right, and it's only taken us X seven years to figure that out. <laughs> I'm going to do that as many times until it's really Are you going to celebrate? I really hope for your 17th wedding anniversary. It's all X7 themed. Please. If it's X7, it'll be my divorce party. Oh, no. When you have your 16th anniversary, will you refer to it as WrestleMania 2000 anniversary? Just my anniversary 2000. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Uh, yeah, so speaking of, I mean, but this is a good match in the fact that it's got this kind of, uh, it's founded in comedy, but then the math, match psychology and the commentary yes. are perfect. Yes, you hit all the points I wanted to hit. This is so reminiscent of Monsoon and Ventura. Because for the first time in, I don't know, 10 years, yeah. we're hearing about strategy right? rather than making jokes jokes or giving pointless color. Like, oh, we're going to approach this like sport, even though we just saw a guy piss in a, in a mug. Honestly, can you imagine how many jokes about T and the fucking queen? Yeah. Jericho's left shoulder had been hurt coming into it, kayfabe. And so that becomes the, the psychology of the match and the commentary of is focusing on all the shit that Regal's doing to wear down his shoulder. And... You've got him attacking the shoulder. You've got Jericho selling it. You've got the commentary explaining it and reminding you. Now, really quick, was is William Regal old at this point? And when I say old, I mean like in terms of wrestler. Like, is he forty at this point, or is he still like a spry young thirty-two year old? He's older. Okay, because he looks like he's botching a lot of stuff, and I don't know if that's on purpose or if he's just old. There's some stuff that it looks like he. It's a botch in the sense that. That's the funny thing with a wrestling move. When it you do it perfectly, you're like, oh, that's great. It landed perfectly. But when you do it. When you botch it, it's like, oh, someone got hurt. That's actually what you would want. Exactly. That's what I was wondering. Like, there's a suplex that he does that he yeah. looks, that Jericho lands on the side of his face. Yeah. That's not usually how you land on your face uh, on the, from a suplex. And my note is that made it look so much better. <laughs> yeah. Actually, at this point, he's born in uh, 68. So, uh, yeah, so he's not that old. He's, he's not like that old. 33. Yes. He looks. Which is a good age. That's my age. Thank yes. you. And he's a pumpkin. Song. I know. He looks. The same age now. He looks like he's maybe 50, 45. He looks age appropriate. Well, I don't even know that. No, because, he, no looks he looks like older. Shit. He looks, he like looks older, yeah. And that's because he was a drug addict. But and William Regal now is part of NXT. Yeah, he's the on screen um, commish, commish yeah. in the same role, but for the NXT brand. And he's a face now. And also, he's, as you can see on like Breaking Ground or any of the, the real life documentaries, he's a key backstage figure down there. He's pretty great. He's a great teacher. I mean, he seems like a great teacher. And you can see in his stuff all the heel mannerisms, you know, and all this stuff. I mean, and, and Jericho is no slouch either, obviously. And he is at the peak of his career. And this is what I wanted to know Jericho is, could do high flying stuff. He's had a lot of work in Mexico. He knows how to do everything. But William Regal doesn't appear to do it. So is he a throwback wrestler? Because, like, almost this entire match is like in ring. Like, first five WrestleMania Is Regal throwback? Yeah. I'd say so. Okay. Because we haven't seen this style of wrestling in a very long time. And for the first... It's real wrestling. Right. We haven't seen real wrestling on WrestleMania stage, at least in the first bout in a really in long a while. time. And, and this one is just is a solid wrestling match, even though it's really short. It's just over seven minutes. Yeah. Um, but you, they get a lot in. I mean, Jericho, the shoulder thing really comes into play. He can't even turn his the walls of Jericho because he's hurt yeah. in kayfabe. So it's good. But... Um, he does uh, eke out the victory with a moonsault, so Great. solid. Solid first match, moving on yes. to a horrible video package. Yes, well, we do a couple things here. First, we cut backstage to a limo with the license plate WCW1, uh, and Shane McMahon, Vince's son, is uh, is in. it comes out of the limo um, because he, a week prior, 
uh, as we'll see in a video package later, uh, purchased the World Championship Wrestling. And and Vince wanted to do that. Yes. Which makes sense. Yeah. Good story. Yeah, we'll, we'll see it play out, and I think that package is really good. There's a lot of things yes. going on in that no, match. You're con- that package is great. Yeah. Yeah. So then we cut also now to the uh, backstage area. Is there even a is there a door? Or they have something up that says APA Protection Agency, um, which is the Acolyte Protection Agency. Um, the Acolytes, uh, Farouk and Bradshaw, and they're uh, they're playing ca- as they were in this period. They're playing cards, and drinking beer, and smoking cigars. Jackie's there, and then Bradshaw cuts a promo about Houston. Did you not like that? I hated it. That's where I say horrible video. That's what I'm referencing. Okay, yeah. I don't care. It's the cheapest heat. Yeah. All these great things. Nolan Ryan, football, stuff. Yeah. And then they stop smoking cigars and wrestle. Uh, Yeah, because they got to go. Asses are going to be kicked. Um, The best thing you could get if you you can't find it, but if you could, at this point, their catchphrase was, so they are the APA, their catchphrase was always pounding ass. They sold Ah. it. The WWF sold a (laughs) t-shirt that said always pounding ass. You're not going to be able to find it on eBay. It's highly sought after. Um, I want to see the image. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a it's pretty straightforward. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, funny enough, this is not this is Bradshaw at one of his most popular periods, not his most successful period, which says a lot. I see one on eBay right now for... It doesn't say it's the don't take this ass whooping personally. Oh, APA see. protection. The, the pound in is oh, the one to get. Oh, this is great. This is so good. So... After we see this that horrible vignette, we cut out to the the, uh, the ring where their opponents are coming out. The right to censor. Yeah, and apparently these guys are like big. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, because this is um, Norm was telling me about him uh, before we recorded the show. Like he would make video game characters and he would pick their theme song just because it would annoy everybody. Oh, it's the most annoying. It's car. It's just car sirens. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, basically, this is the heel turn of Val Venus and Godfather, aka the Good Father. Uh, which is like his, I guess, fifth character. Um, also with uh, Bull Buchanan, yeah, and Stevie Richards, late of ECW and WCW. Um, right to censor is a parody of RTC is a par- parody of the PTC Parents Television Council. It's like Brett Bozell, one of the one of those. I get it. Right wing jerk offs. That's good. And they look like Mormons. Yeah, with their sleeves cut off because they're. They're strong dudes. I mean, as a gimmick, it's great. It makes sense. I understand why they were popular. Yeah. But, okay. Well, do you like this better than when they were a porn star and a... No, no, I, I do much. I would like this much, much more. Yeah. And it makes more sense. It fits the era. It's not inherently sexist or racist or and homophobic. It's, and it's a great kind of meta commentary on what Absolutely. the Attitude Era was Absolutely. and how they were getting in trouble. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Now, one of the better themes of this era, I'd no. say... No. You don't like Taz's theme? Uh, no, All right. I don't. I think it's, maybe it's just iconic, and I actually remember it from, and I don't, this is what I started tuning out of wrestling, um, so I, but I still remember this one, because it's just like, the beep, the flatline intro. Yeah, that's um, kind of cool. Yeah, and he's built from the Red Hook section of Brooklyn, New York. Huh. Uh, I don't think it's a thing. Okay. Uh, and this is also the first, uh... Pimping of WWF The Music Volume 5. That You're we'll going to see so much of this. This is I remember seeing this album cover in stores. Like This would be one of the 5 to 10 CDs that they would have like the giant image of in Best Buys. Right. It was like it was the rock and the pie. Yeah. It was so iconic, I guess. 
what, what am I supposed to say? What, what are we doing with our lives? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think about this all the time. Like, why are we talking about this? Why does this matter? But then I just think, like, well, The Rock's a part of it. It's okay. Yeah. Without him, I, I, I are, am I watching wrestling? No joke. Without The Rock, am I watching wrestling? I don't know if I am. Well, I'm glad The Rock can keep you grounded. The it's, Rock... He, he the is the is rock good upon man. which you build your. He coach. is such a good man. I just don't want to disappoint the rock in anything. I think I got to start lifting. I'm going to start lifting. I'm going to make that promise to the rock. Is that like a, I, this will probably come out? You know, we're we're staring down the barrel of New Year's. Yeah, so no, that's not a New Year's it, resolution. That's just I'm doing the thing because I said I'm going to do it. That the sounds rock like says, what the rock would do. That's what that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, he's a good man, and I'm going to try to live up to him. But first, I got to sit through WrestleMania 17. <laughs> All uh, almost four hours of it. Oh my god! Okay, so this match, the average age is what forty five, fifty. Jesus Christ, it's not that bad. Hey, they're, they're pretty all old. in their. They're literally all in their thirties. Really? Yeah. Oh god. Wrestlers. No, Farouk's older. Farouk's in his forties. Wrestlers age like like yeah. worse than musicians. Farouk it, Ron Simmons is an older man. He was like a first black champion in like eighties. So yeah, he's old. Okay, I, I don't, don't have any really notes about this I match. Think the only good stuff here is there's some good Heyman heel work. Uh, why would anyone? Be proud of being from Texas. There was a backdoor at the Alamo. Texas would be part of Mexico, and then he tries to pit uh, Jr., who's from Oklahoma, against the Texan Bradshaw. Yeah, um, yeah. This one's just a brawl. Uh, they're trying to put Bradshaw over as like the real deal, and uh, that clothesline from Hell is pretty good. And uh, by all accounts, but it's a six-man tag team match, so it's there's just too much going on. Yeah, but less than some of our other six men, where it doesn't, it's not as like, like in WrestleMania 2000 when tag rules meant nothing, this is a little clearer. Yeah. Still feels like a match. Okay, fine. I'll concede that this feels like a match. It's still not any good, but thankfully it's only four minutes long. Okay, and can we move on now? Yeah. Great. What uh, video do you want, what what vignette do you want to see now? (laughs) Okay, so do you want to yeah so we cut backstage and I'm just going to give the context of this explained later and I think if you just don't provide context now just think about it over the next hour of what the hell was what this was yes so it is Trish Stratus is uh, pushing Linda McMahon in a wheelchair and Linda McMahon is basically comatose and she is a real life wife of Vince McMahon real life one time senatorial candidate Linda McMahon. love it so much um, Stephanie comes out uh, in her daddy's girl jumpsuit and basically tells kind of com- tells uh, Trish what to do. Says make sure make sure Linda's got her. She's on her dosage, etc. Because uh, she's ready for the big fight later. And that's all you get. That's it. That's a, that's a teaser. The crowd does not like Senate candidate Linda McMahon. Yeah, no, they are about as comatose. So all right, great. here we go. And we, uh, oh, pretty this, this match happens. <laughs> See, you don't like this match. I do, and I don't. I like this match. First off, it's a triple threat. Matt, hardcore match for the WWF Hardcore Championship. Kane, Raven, and Big Show. Yes. First I, question I have to you. Was Raven created in response to Sting? Um, At least no, like the theme I think song. Raven, I think Raven told... No, wait. Cause I can't remember if it's Raven or of like who told Sting... About like, the movie The Crow? Have you seen The Crow? Okay. I think it's, it's, it's either Scott Hall or Raven. The characters are completely different. Yes. But just the name... And the theme song, it's like, oh, this is our sting just because of that. Yes, I was so, wondering. Right. So here's what I have from uh, Wikipedia. Raven, inspired by the poem by Edgar Allan Poe and by Patrick Swayze's manipulative Zen master of crime in the film Point Break, the Raven character was a depressed, sociopathic, stoical, nihilistic misanthrope who would deliver eloquent philosophical promos peppered with literary allusions and ending with the catchphrase, quote the Raven. Nevermore. But he would also bring a flipper into a hardcore match. Yes, he would do that. And I think 
Um, this is first two points about Wikipedia. Nobody edits Wikipedia. Second of all, Raven wrote that. You think so? Got to be. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so Raven uh, built from the Bowery uh, brings a shopping cart full of crap to the ring. Great. Uh, Kane is billed as the future of the company. Hasn't he been in the company for like five years at this point? Yeah, but he's the future because, and he's also he's the present, and he's, he's the forever. Oh, God. Uh, the Good match callback. just starts. Which I kind of love. Yeah. Um, it starts, and then you get your It's the Big Show theme song. Uh, and we learn that he has size 22 feet. Good job. You know what? We haven't heard a shoe size report since Andre the Giant. It's almost like they're trying to always compare the Big Show to Andre the Giant. Uh, what didn't he win the uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royale this yes, year? Yes, yeah, he's a big winner. He should win every year. Yeah, because he's he, a giant. Yeah, it he's makes a sense. Big Show. Oh god! Uh, really early on in this match that you don't like, and I kind of like. There's a a random cut to nothing to nowhere near the action. Oh yeah, uh, do you do, notice that camera? <laughs> yeah, they do that a couple times in this show. It's uh, production value pretty good, but there are a couple funny cuts like that. Well, this match goes literally. Everywhere in the arena. Yes. Except, I mean, it stays on the floors. It doesn't go into the upper decks. Which right. I, Has that happened yet in the Mania? Do we go to the upper deck at all? I don't know how far upper deck, but okay. definitely. Well, yeah. this goes into the stands. It goes backstage. It goes in the staging area. For yes. the, it goes in the sound booths and stuff like that. At one point, it looks like the seating for WrestleMania was like, there's sections that look like concert seating. Interesting. Did you notice that? Did you know anything about that? No. But did you notice that during this match and during a, a, the Triple H Undertaker match? Like, it looks like a mosh pit. Oh, yeah, where there's just way too many people. But there's no chairs. It's like SRO. Exactly. It, yeah, it's, it's very strange. That's what I was wondering. Is there standing room only for a four-hour WrestleMania? I mean, there's Maybe. standing room only for a four-hour Family yeah. Values tour, which is like the same era. Yeah. It wouldn't be surprising. Anyways, this match literally goes everywhere. It's got two of the biggest men, no pun intended, and a little man with a shopping cart, which in the shopping cart is deemed pointless almost instantly. Almost immediately because they almost don't instantly. fight in the ring or yeah. around the ring. They do fight in the backstage area. This is the part... Okay, the backstage area is, like, funny to me, which is supposed to be pretty funny. Well, yeah, because they fight literally through walls, through obviously just built walls. All gimmicked, like, there's no, like, there's cages and fake offices and plate glass windows that are all There's, gimmicked. like, a pennant that says team. There's all, like, it's really, like, st- like stage design 101. But they, but they didn't go minimalistic either. They could have just made it like, oh, we haven't used this locker room in 20 years. No, we're going to make it mod. Like, they didn't they, think that through. Well, they just, it's all, like, cardboard shit, so you can go right through it. But also, glass, which, which is fine, but sometimes less is more. Right. Like, just don't put up a poster. Yes. Anyways. No, I mean, there's some stuff like that. This is me and my interior design just bothering me. So I was on crew, guys. Let's make this look good. There you go. Once a drum run. I think I was still in in high school at this point. Yeah, I was still in high school at this point. So uh, what was going on in my life? I had a a new girlfriend, and she did not watch wrestling, and I didn't care about wrestling because I I had a new girlfriend. So, yeah, I didn't know. That's usually how it works. I didn't know anything about this mania. And I had... No idea going in. Let's continue. Right. So they're going through all these like gimmick things, which I sh- I do want to go back for a second. They are battling, as JR says, in the bowels of the building. Uh, early in the match, a uh, great sign award to my colon hurts. <laughs> That's the <laughs> thing. I, did you notice about the signs that they're all like, hey, Jimmy, I'm sitting here. There's like They're all inside jokes. There's no like good signs. There's like one or two good signs. You're 100% <laughs> right. I have a note here uh, before we talked about the first match saying uh, there's a chicken. There was a sign about a chicken that had nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, it's all they're all going into business for themselves, and I don't like it. I do. I love it so much. What was your sign at NXT TakeOver? Oh, stay tuned for Swerved. <laughs> <laughs> that's a reference to a thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, I like chicken was the sign. Yeah, that's solid. That's, that's solid. an amazing sign. You, you had to be there. So, But oh, this match has... You. No, this match has... This is that whole, as we'll see later in the match, kind of like... A couple uh, uh, 
WrestleMania's ago when they had, or I think maybe even just the last one, they had a hardcore match, and it's so silly. Mm-hmm. And it's like they were trying to co-opt what ECW had done. They were trying to co-opt the backyard stuff and make it look dangerous. It ends up looking comical, and it does on look purpose. Com- At one point, Raven gets in a golf cart. Big Show gets in the back of the golf cart. They speed off as much as you can when you have 400 pounds on a golf cart. Kane gets in a golf cart, and so does the ref with the belt because you need to like. That's how you determine the winner is the referee, obviously. God. They speed off, and they immediately crash the thing. Well, at one point, Raven gets thrown through a plate glass window. Yeah. And he is bloody as hell hell yes, he after is. this. So I was wondering, like, did he? Did they throw him through the wrong window? <laughs> like, no, this I looks think, pretty bad. Oh, I think it's, a, I think it's like a, a movie plate glass window, but I think he either blades or whatever right? yeah. or to sell it. Um, and it ends in an okay kind of like Yeah, they go out fashion. to the stage. Big Show goes off with Raven. Go, they go off the stage. Then Kane like drops, gets a pin, all off the stage into a kind of amorphous, which we'll see later in a match too. It's like this is clearly what they were supposed to jump into. Yeah, and it's. I think it looks kind of cool. I think it looks fine. I think it looks kind of cool because I think someone got hurt. Okay. It looks like Raven probably got hurt in that. Right, and if it didn't hurt in real life, it hurt his character because this is, as we'll see, and this is continuing from the last couple. Uh, Raven was. One of the top guys at ECW. Really compelling character. I mean, all like the... he His feud with Tommy Dreamer and stuff with the Sandman where he's like brainwashing Sandman's real-life kid. I mean, there's great ECW stuff. It's very ECW and it's very dated, but it's great. And then they get him in this match and they just have the two giants beat him up. And we'll see this with the WCW guys too in this where they continue to just be like treated like assholes because... Like they continue to do. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about something that was not treated like an asshole. Oh, the match is over. Kane wins. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, we go to we go to Times Square because the WWF oh, yeah. has a like they essentially had, a Hard Rock Cafe. But they had wrestling. like ESPN Fun Zone. Did you ever go to that? One time. Oh, did you really? Was it cool? It was a Fun Zone. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I went. Now, now looking back, I totally wish I went. You could just you could just go to like it closed down Iron Horse not that long ago. Yeah, I don't know how they made it that long. But Anyways, yeah, there was a WWF in Times Square, zone, like a block away from the MTV thing, probably like three blocks away from like... They the, were living large. Oh, God. Anyways, uh, our favorite wrestler there, Jimmy Superfly Stuck is there. Yeah, our first murderer of the night. Our first and not only murderer of the night is there, and he was never treated like shit. So we have to congratulate him. Moving on. Good job. A man that was treated like shit because he came from WCW. Eddie Guerrero is going to fight Test. Latino Heat. Latino Heat! Yeah, if the king was there, we would have got more of that. Eddie Guerrero's there. How do I know Eddie Guerrero's there? Is because there's a sign that is clearly visible that says, Eddie Guerrero mows my lawn. Had that in my notes, too. That sign is not cool, bro. Not cool. Eddie Guerrero is an awesome dude. Yeah. The end. He's an awesome dude. Don't have to follow up. Don't have to explain why racism is bad. All right. Is Eddie Guerrero Shawn Michaels-esque, or is he Macho Man-esque? Or is he a combination of the two, or the comparisons don't even make sense? The latter. He is Eddie Guerrero. Okay. Yes. Because there's so many times in this match, I'm like, he's like a Shawn Michaels. I'm like, no, 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 he's like a macho man. He's cool. He's a cool dude. And yeah. I mean, he is an iconic guy for a reason. Yeah. And one of the better guys on this. And which, which, uh, why he's being accompanied to the ring by Perry Saturn in one of the worst hats ever seen, and why he's facing Test. Eddie Guerrero is fighting Test. Yeah, test is the basically like the stop trying to make fetch happen of the <laughs> WWF. Because have you ever you've seen him now? I think in three matches, this guy was being pushed. I don't like, remember that at all. He was in a I TNA, you. TNA, I, and one other match. I don't. He was remember in a, that any kind of, of this. Remember when they did like 
bullshitty like tag teams that did, shouldn't exist. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, um, Eddie Guerrero versus Test. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything. Uh, yeah, at one point Jr. says Eddie's being hammered like a pinata, and even Heyman has to say that's not necessary. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> that. That's a little much. Um, there is a move that Test does, but I don't know if you should credit Guerrero or Test. It's um, it's a it's a flip slam. Okay. So like he's uh, Guerrero is running against the ropes and Test essentially catches oh, them. Tilt whirl. Fl- yeah, exactly. My mouth literally dropped. Like I right. was not expecting that, and it looked like a cartoon. I had to rewatch it a few times. But who did that? Who made that move? Probably Guerrero. Because it whoever did that, whoever called that, fucking amazing. Yeah, I think with the tilt to world type of thing, because he does it a couple times. He's going for like a hurricane rana, but it gets reversed into this tilt to world and it gets slammed down. But you have to, you're running, and then you have to push off. Flip yourself and do around. like a mid mid air somersault, like three feet up in the air. Like yeah. there's no arc to this. Right. It's like a line drive. It co- sort of looks like something a Street Fighter character would do that you shouldn't be able to do in yeah, real life. Tilt a whirl always looks great. If you want to see a good one now, Alicia Fox is a really good tilt a whirl slam. Does, is there any modern male wrestler with this skill set, or is it just the females? Of what skill set? Of the Eddie Guerrero, like agile meets old school grappling type of thing. Neville can do it. I guess yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. But uh, so basically, this match there, is there anything? Do you have notes on this? Yeah, match? there's another thing that he, that Guerrero does that's just amazing. He does a low blow kick from behind. So even when he's cheating, it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, and I think this is a something in a small way. Well, something we'll see in a much larger way later. I felt he's the heel in this, but it kind of takes me a little time to figure that out until it becomes. That's what I have that note for because yeah. it doesn't make any sense, and then. You really only know he's the heel at the way end because his manager or whatever cheated for him, which is another right. callback to like this old school macho man, the first wave of Shawn Michaels. And so that begs the question: What happened to managers, man? Like, right? They what? There aren't. There's like valets, and there's a like couple. And but there's no. This is a big thing missing now. Yeah, there's Zeb Coulter now, which is sort of in. Manager? Which they've already and they're sort of writing that as out. of yeah. as of December 7th, as of this 8th, recording it's yeah done but there's Paul Heyman which is the advocate for Lesnar because he can't speak but he's so part time it's like he's not even there yeah why aren't there managers you know I think they're trying to do it speaking of Neville they're trying to do it with him and the Miz um it's a kind oh, of Miz rehash, be the manager rehashing a storyline they've done previously with the Miz of him like bringing him star power because Neville can't talk so yeah that's a really good idea but there's so many guys this could be good for. But yeah, it's a kind of a missed thing right. from, yeah, when you look back, especially when we were looking. The first five years, it's all yeah. managers. Like, literally, every single match had managers. Yeah. Ma- there were more managers, like, appearances than anything else. Yeah, it was but awesome. Could, but it brought character to it. So good. Because these yeah. guys had to be able to. Anyways, we're going down a rabbit hole. We've already gone down. Uh, there's a uh, another note I have is a boots to the face rule, now, then, and forever. And using the title as a weapon also rules now, then, and forever. That happened last night on Raw. Yeah. Using the belt always looks good. Kicking someone in the face always the looks good. The big boot, especially. God, I mean, super kicks are damn great. Damn it, this is great. The big boot, yeah. Uh, for apparently a, a, a do-nothing match, Guerrero was just fucking amazing. Yeah. What a shock. Rest in peace. Um, but yeah, they, they cheat to win. Um, which they don't comes need out. to do. Which they don't need to do. It it's doesn't so make bothersome. any sense because they're trying to... This is that... they're. They want Tess to be a, like a face, so but everyone's rooting for Guerrero basically, even when he is cheating and winning, because they don't buy Tess. So fuck it's it. not even you don't buy Tess. It's like oh, you've already seen this guy do fucking crazy flips 
and yeah. do everything. If you cheated to win alone, fine, I'll give you that. But right. using the manager or whatever, come on. If even if he cheated because he's like losing the size advantage, I buy that. Sure, as like a scrappy face. It's so easy to write that in. Yeah, but this is a, once again WCW, ECW guys getting booked like shit. All right, so we're moving on, and we have a match that is legit awesome. But before we get to that, we have uh, maybe the most popular non-wrestler of the evening on camera. Mick Foley. Mick Foley, who has got a corner to many signs in the arena, is back, and that's awesome. He looks like a good dad, and he looks like he's so much fun. He is fun. There's a bit in the access thing coming up later that I like a lot. Great. And then we, so Mick Foley gets to talk because he's cool and he should always get to talk. Yay, Mick Foley. Could I like him? I like him legit. You can. Okay, thank God. Or lack thereof, whatever. I don't give a shit. Thank Mick Foley. It's the Lemmy thing. Who would win in a fight, Lemmy or God? It's like that. Who would win in a fight, Mick Foley or God? (laughs) (laughs) It's like so many references on one. Oh, God. Mankind would win. So we have Stone Cold. Yes. We have Stone Cold in his dressing room, which is clearly a men's room. Yeah. There's, we know Why? you have dressing rooms. It's a giant stadium. You have more than you could use. They clearly shoot this in a men's bathroom. Yeah. And he's looking in the mirror. He does not look like a good dad like Mick Foley. No, he looks like the bionic redneck, which yeah. is a nickname at this point. Because if you, I had a question about that. That was actually like used a lot. I think he probably called himself that because of his the knee braces and shit. Okay. Anyways, uh, we get a pretty great uh, match. So, All right. So this is Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit. We're going to have to do it every time. Chris Benoit in 2007 will kill his uh, wife and child and himself. And in this match, he's the face. Yeah. He is the crippler, and he is the face. Once again, looks like a bad dude. Oh, looks God. like a dangerous dude. On the other hand, Kurt Angle kind of looks like a bad dude, but he's really cool. He's the best heel. Though. His heel is so perfect, and it oh my boy, oh I'd be such you're a proud so, dad. You're so excited. I'd be Kurt so Angle. proud. Oh, if, I wish I was Kurt Angle's dad. Uh, I bet his dad is so proud, or treated him like shit, and that's why he's a wrestler. But either way, well, he was an amateur wrestler, and he was an Olympian, so he, he was a yeah. So which means he probably had a crabby parents. Oh my god, he's so fucking good. Oh, he cuts fuck. a promo on Texas on the way to the ring, tells him to lose the freaking cowboy hats, which we. Come on, guys. Oh, God. As true as it was, that is it is now. Oh, God. And it starts out with like five to ten minutes of real, quote-unquote, like real mat amateur mat-work wrestling. And guess what? It's so good-looking. And, and huge it's bops. not as fun. It's not, but it is like it's over. It's over, but like they quickly, not quickly, but they abandon it. They do get pretty physical. For a pretty clear reason. Yeah. They have to kind of... Get their bona fides. Yeah, this yeah. is a f- roughly a 15-minute match. It's 14 minutes and 4 seconds, and it's essentially done in three stages. Go so our first stage is like we're going to show that we are real athletes, that we could do quote-unquote real things. There's a reason I have an Olympic medal, okay? Now, after that, we're going to go into like our high-flying spots, and we're going to wrestle like we did in the first 10 years of WrestleMania. Yes. And then we're going to just tr- cheat. We're yeah. going to be cool cheaters, and it's awesome. Every single level of this match is great. Yeah, so basically that second stage, they really get to like the Suplex City type stuff where they are throwing each other around um, and kind of going for submissions, countering the submissions, and, and the submissions that look they look good. Um, inevitably, as happens many times in this WrestleMania, the ref gets bumped, um, and Benoit gets him in the Crippler crossface, his finisher, and Angle taps, but the ref is out. It's a callback. It's in an earlier vignette. Angle was rewatching a match where this happened, where Benoit 
got him to tap, but he, he was like, I've never tapped. There was no ref. I didn't tap. So once again, that's happened. It's so great. Every, every single callback in wrestling is good. As, and we will definitely see that in our, ma- our main event. God damn it. Yeah. There's some just great, some like angle goes for a moonsault off the top rope. It gets countered. Um, Should we even talk about uh, the Benoit headbutt? Yeah, I have that. Uh, headbutt is why he's dead. Okay, good. So That's we talked about note. that. Yeah, he he would do a flying headbutt. We saw this in his in the triple threat match at the last Mania, where basically Chris Benoit take an unprotected t- headshot to the ring, or to a guy's sternum, whatever it was supposed to be, and that's why he had horrible brain damage. Um, but yeah, they end up, you know, they they get a couple more uh, little counters, and Angle ends up rolling up with the tights, gets a cheap win, and it's great. It walks away. It's so good. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Yeah, so we cut to backstage uh, to Regal's <sighs> off office. This is uh, is this the most racist thing of the night? Oh, yeah. It's got to be. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. At least we're on the same page. Yeah, no, I mean, this is 2001, uh, and Kamala's Which there. does not make it okay. No, I'm telling it for context. If this is still wasn't okay. It wasn't okay when they first did it, and it's definitely... It doesn't get any better. It doesn't, like... It's not cyclical. Things only get more racist, like... They're less accepted over time. Not like, oh, well, we, we had a real peak in 2001. <laughs> we really cared about uh, having guys in tiki mask playing a, a, a violent savage. Oh, God. Anyways, yeah, but that happens. That's what happens. That's the uh huh. And now we get a an, another little segment that's a little too long. Um but it's the WWF supporting our armed forces. Yeah. Which yeah. is weird because everyone's a face when you support the armed forces except Kurt Angle, which is great. <laughs> he wants his award from the military to be in the sh- so he can wear it around his neck. He wants it as a medal. He's the best. Uh I'd like to point out that this is 2001, but it's April 2001. Yeah. Shit's going to change. <laughs> also, this is pre-Cena. It's interesting to see them doing military stuff. Yeah, this is The Undertaker when he's in his American badass phase. His regular voice. Yeah, so... And he's like the main dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. It's so he's weird. over with military guys. It's yeah. so weird. They, uh, there's tanks there. There's no DX tank because it's a different era. Yeah. It's a different age. There's no Rusev tank either, it's, it's, that, it's, which will come up now. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, oh, wait, wait. Well, we cut back to Angle. Yeah, yeah, we missed out. Before the military was the pep rally. Was a pep rally? There was a pep rally. I missed that. Yeah, there was a... Yeah, exactly. It was a lot shorter. It was like 30 seconds long, but there was a WrestleMania pep rally. But no uh, no 10K? No 10K or 5K. It was really disappointing because Mr. Fuji ran the official WrestleMania 5K in Trump... Plaza is a Trump City, Trump Plaza, Trump City, in Atlantic City. Oh, I hope it's all Trump, Trump City. City. I hope when what WWE this, Hall like, of Famer Donald Trump becomes our president, is this back is to Trump the future City too. <laughs> this is like the darkest timeline. All right, then we go to our military promo, and then we have an Ivory versus China video package. Oh, real quick, we do have uh, Kurt Angle gets interviewed uh, and saying you have to respect Chris Benoit for what he did to you, and he's like, I won. What do I have to respect? Uh, so Chris uh, Benoit is unhinged, and he gives him the crippler crossface again uh, backstage. No one was surprised. No one should have been surprised when he lost it in real life. Okay. Now, now. Now we have a video package that's longer than the match. Ivory versus China. And it's a good it's a good story, so it is a shame that this match is crap. So this is our first China match where it's a China facing just one woman. Yes. Versus a weird mixed tag or Eddie Guerrero or like right. some It's our first 
real uh, women's wrestling match since eight Alundra Blaze. No, the Sable match was real. Like Sa- in, so, uh, singles. Yeah, she done a singles match. Didn't she have a single? mixed tag? Oh, she had that mixed tag. You're right. And uh, whatever. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I think it's Alundra Blaze because last time in at this is a step up. It's not a a glorified cat fight. The way they they. The way that China is dressed, though, and the length of the match makes it seem like... No, this is definitely... This is why we have Give Divas a Chance. Oh, so, boy. basically, Ivory was part of, also part of Rights to Censor, and this is... China had posed in Playboy, so she was obviously a target of the the censorship faction. Um, and then they kayfabe uh, broke China's neck. Um this is a fun one from Wikipedia. In order to better convince the audience that she was injured, caller commentator Jerry Lawler left the commentator's booth and entered the ring to check on Lawler's condition, something he had not done since the in-ring accident that killed Owen Hart in 1999. So callbacks. Holy shit. So they sold for a two-and-a-half-minute two match. To, in the build to that, they referenced Owen Hart's death. In the ring. That's awesome. Party motherfucker. I love this so much. Yeah, there's a lot of like fun stuff. Oh that. my god. Well, I just find it interesting that China went from like a disgusting tranny to like this super sexualized woman. Right. And we're and we're gonna go for. And we're, I'm I'm gonna cover for you that that's how that they were presenting her and what they were discussing. Thank you. Things. Yes, yeah. I'm not saying no. This is yeah. based. If you listen to the previous shows, there are a lot of signs that are like, "Show us your dick." And yeah. Yeah. China's I made an XY chromosome because I was taken over by the time. <laughs> so, yeah, no, and, and but now she's totally like like totally glammed out. Um, she's like wearing like little she's wearing purple little booty shorts. Like she's got her pyro cannon, just totally not phallic at all. And um, it's just a do nothing match. She it is. Just, a do- she and, destroys and so this much, woman. Yeah, and they have so much story. Like she signed a letter of indemnification that if she gets she her neck her broken, neck, yeah. it, she, she has no legal recourse. Um, but she like she does power bomber and then she gets up, which I think is a great move to do. It's more of a heel thing, but it's like you get the pin, but you're like, nah, I'm gonna let up so I can do some more damage. It's what Rousey did two fights ago, <laughs> not the fight. Big change. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's two minutes thirty nine seconds. It's a squash. Uh, Heyman does say nothing's wrong. There's nothing wrong with a dominant female. Cool. True as it was. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, that's the our one females match for the Women's Championship, not yet Divas Championship. Moving yeah. on to one of the longest matches of the night. Yes. With one of the longest backstories possible. Right. We this have the McMahon versus McMahon feud. Shane McMahon versus Mr. McMahon. By the way, he's like billed as Mr. McMahon. Which is awesome. It's, it's clearly the character. It's so great. I love it. So the package here is basically that... Um, Linda McMahon is being drugged by her husband and daughter, and that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's the premise that's a, of that's the That's a match. main plot point. Um, when they show the package, at one point, Vince, because uh, if we remember from the Four Corners match, Linda had sided with McFoley. There was something convoluted there where he basically said, in his I want uh, in the You're Fired cadence, said, I want a divorce. Um, which then uh, Linda had a mental breakdown where she was catatonic. Because I said that weird, but catatonic. Um, and then Vince started having a kayfabe, probably kayfabe affair with Trish Stratus, God, where he so was weird, where he was like making her bark like a dog and take off her clothes in the ring. And she was totally dedicated to him. Um, and Shane didn't like how his mother was being treated. He wants a match against dad. 
definitely Vince is definitely not working out any of his issues with his own father in this. And then the WCW thing is explained. So this, what this I wanted, cool. it's I don't know if you're being sarcastic. No, I think the way they did it was pretty cool. I agree. Is any of this real? No. The only thing that maybe I, is real is the Trish Stratus thing because okay. he's a scumbag. Yeah, totally. Okay, so this is so watchable. Both oh, the, the storyline and the match. Yeah, yeah. Well, to finish the WCW thing, they a week prior to this WrestleMania, WWF bought WCW. Legit. Um, on, they did a simulcast with Nitro and Raw, and and McMahon is basically like Mister in the Mister McMahon character saying like I own you now WCW. And at the WCW event, Shane shows up and's like, yeah, McMahon signed the contract. Shane McMahon signed it and setting up that he bought WCW and wrested it control from his father. So it's got that. That's once again this balance of like the reality, which yes, they did really buy it. But now, so this is our first line. like Greek myth in wrestling. Yeah, since the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan fought in the heavens, this yeah. is our first Greek they myth. They ascended directly to the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know everything about this fight in every real life detail, and it will never be revealed. Yeah, no, ever, no, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Because currently, fast forward, Shane McMahon is like runs. He left the business eventually. He runs a. He's totally out of wrestling. He's in China working on some like, whatever companies, and Stephanie McMahon ascended to the top. So it's this total weird Shakespearean. I love it so much. Story. I love it so so fucking much. Honestly, I think the wrestling isn't wrestling thing should have been about the McMahons. Oh, for sure, and it sort of it is. Kind of is because Triple H, but yeah. So at this point, this is a street fight between Vince, who is fifty-five, Shane, who is a a thirty-one uh, years year old man. Um, and yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, we just the it punch shouldn't punch. be good. It should suck. It's two not professional wrestlers wrestling, and it's so good. Yeah, it's because so good. This is where the storyline and being able to do. They're better wrestlers than the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, sure, but, yeah. like, we're all better wrestlers than the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> no, but, I mean, that's where I think this gets over, too, is the fact that it's not embarrassing wrestling or there street There are a fight. few spots in this match that are legit impressive. Yeah. Obviously, at the way in, and we'll get to those. Yeah, but... so, beat by beat, um, the Vince McMahon's theme song is the worst theme song ever. I still, it gives me chills just because it's so bad. I love it. So, we get it twice, because they both have the same theme song. Just so dumb. Uh, the no chance is what you've got. Uh, Shane O'Mac comes out in a Shane O'Mac jersey. It's pretty great. His uh, stable of WCW guys is in uh, Skybox, but the camera can't find them. This is what they do. They go, all the young stars of WCW. I would almost think this is a joke, but I just think they fucked up. They cut to, like, nothing. They cut to just a crowd shot. Um, there was a funny thing about that. When they finally do cut to the WCW wrestlers, there are a handful, like, in a Skybox. And they look totally nonplussed by being bought out by WWF. Um, they were actually supposed to run in and interfere with this storyline to sell the invasion angle, but one of them mentioned it on a radio interview, and Vince scrapped the angle, like, the day of. I'm glad he did, because the way this ends is way no, better. No, so, it's so much better than a schmoz. So um, our special ref then comes out, Mick Foley. And, so good. It's yeah. so good. Mick Foley is the man. He's the only one that's able to like stay above board in this and actually come out an even better man, which is like difficult to yeah, imagine. Because he's the ref and he's gonna you know he's so doing good. what's right. And then Vince comes out uh with daddy's little girl, Stephanie. You it's so gross. 
and it's so applicable to the modern era and it, that's oh my god it's a street fight um and they're uh, they're going at it right away almost immediately stephanie gets involved gets in the ring leave my dad alone slap shay in the face cuz she's the biggest heat magnet the wwf has ever had it's so great she's so great yeah Sh- shane beats him with like a sign um, he chokes him with a cable that isn't connected to anything. There's just like, loose cables. It's so great. Um, they're fighting outside the ring. Um, and at one point, Mick prevents Vince from hitting his drugged wife. He's a good guy. That is so fucked up. And because but that of, has to happen, that that's like part of the main storyline. And because of that, he takes two chair shots to the head. Two vicious chair shots. Yeah. Because he didn't allow a man to beat his wife in front of 60,000-plus people. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, he's the he's the good guy because that's what a good guy does. This is the scenario. most villain shit. I love it so much. Who is a better heel than Vince McMahon against his wife and son? No, it's pretty great. I mean, I say Steph, but no. it's definitely Vince. No, that's so amazing. Yeah. Because this is still like Stephanie early. This is not her now kind no. of promos. No, This is her just slapping people. God, it's so good. Yeah. So uh, they get to the Spanish announce table, and they're fighting on that, or they're about to fight on that. So you know something big's coming. Uh, and then Shane hits Vince with one of the monitors. Oh, so good. One of the heavy monitors. They both either blade or they're legit bleeding. This they... is one of those, once again, those monitors have sharp edges. Yeah. So um, did Vince find himself? Yeah. He put the money in the other pocket. Um, Shane sets up. Vince on the table. Stephanie's like, please don't, standing in the way. He stands on the turnbuckle and goes for a flying elbow. Uh, and Vince and Steph move, and he goes right through the table. It looks very painful. So good. It's our first holy shit chant of the night. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the I okay, think so chronological. We have to get where, to Linda. Well, this is where Trish had, had wheeled out Linda, and this is where you know you're probably we're going to get swerved. There's no way this is going. <laughs> no, I mean that's what it's called. It's just funny because now there there was a show called Swerve, but yeah. you know something is something fucked is going to happen. Um, Trish, uh, who on this to this point has been at Vince's side, even yes. he's been treating her like shit, slaps him in the face. Stephanie slaps Trish, and then the street fight has become a cat fight. So thanks, uh, the ghost of Jerry Lawler is still there. <laughs> uh, Steph, this is like a slap fight. Steph slaps Mick, and then Trish trace, chases her out of. So she's um, gone. Yeah. So the two, the, they're gone they're for gone. a minute. But Mick, yeah, he does the enough is enough thing with Linda where, like, you can't hit your comatose wife. <laughs> Voice of reason. Yeah, so he gets hit with the chair. Oh, God. And then, because he's like, well, I proved my point to McFoley by hitting him with a chair, he rolls her, which you have to be specific, he takes her body and rolls her into the <laughs> ring. <laughs> which I have to say, like, specifically because she was in a wheelchair. Yeah, 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 this is so great. And then he sets up a chair, which you think he's going to hit her with the fucking chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he makes her sit in it. Uh, he sits her into it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, he pulls, like you would pull out a chair for a lady. <laughs> and then he throws a bunch of garbage cans in the ring because irony. <laughs> oh God. Um. So he's about to hit Shane with the garbage can, and Linda steps up. She literally stands up. Yeah. Gets the biggest pop of the night, which is so dumb. <laughs> When she kicks his, her, kicks her husband in the groin. <laughs> that's the biggest pop of the night. <laughs> a WrestleMania in the year of our Lord, two thousand one. Headlined by Stone Cold and The Rock. The biggest pop. <laughs> biggest pop of the night. Yeah. 
So then Mick Mick also beats oh up Vince. My but God. how do you f- finish that? Now Vince, this is the best. This is the spot where I was like, "Holy shit!" Uh, legit, because yeah, any it sounds stupid. Any asshole can jump off the turnbuckle onto the table and hurt themselves. You and I could do it. We would really seriously injure ourselves. Um, Shane sets up Vince sitting in the in the corner, yeah, corner, yeah, with a like hugging a gar- uh, the shiniest aluminum aluminum garbage yeah. can. Goes to a not catty corner, but on the same side of one of the turnbuckles, and does a coast to coast drop kick. Connects. Holy shit! He jumps. He lays out and does a missile. Feet, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's like, considering TLC2 is coming, that's one of the best spots of the night. Because I didn't think he could legit make that, yeah, that I, distance. Oh, my. I don't. Ugh, it's yeah. so good. This is our longest match of the night so far. It's. Um, By eight seconds. But yeah. It, but it's a 14 minute match. It deserves it. And yeah, with all the drama, with all the turns here, it's pretty great. Now, now I need to know. Am I insane for liking this match? Has this been critically acclaimed? Has this been just like this? No, is you're bullshit? not. This okay, is, it's it's solid. Like okay. it's not a five star wrestling classic, no. but for what wrestling is, for having like this fucking Hamlet play out in front of you with it's garbage so cans, fucking good. It's so good. It tells a story from start to end, and they don't fuck it up. Which it's now so these rare. Days it's is so, so rare. rare. Oh my god! And Kudos, even a McMahon's. lot of these manias, all of you. Rare. As a family of four, you worked better together. I hope the family unites again. Yeah. God damn it. It'd be better than the authority. All right, moving on. WWF Access with the Hardy Boys. Everyone signing autographs at WWF Access, spelled oddly. Oh, yeah, they do the interview with the Hardys at Access, I guess. Yep. Because there's more Access later after TLC. Okay, so we are going to go to our next match. Yes. And finally. before we go to our next match, we hear My Way played again, which I think we're on, like, number five. Basically any bumper. Every single bumper, My Way of the Highway, Limbisca, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Edge and Christian. Yes. The Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys are once again going to risk their lives and their limbs for no particular reason other for, than the Tag Team Championship. For, like, the fourth best belt in the company. Holy shit. This is a sequel of arguably the best match from 16. Correct. And also in between. So that match was straight up. That was a lit, a ladders match mm-hmm. at WrestleMania 2000, in the year 2000. Oh, it wasn't a TLC match. You're right. It was just a ladder TLC match. TLC 1 happens at SummerSlam 2000. Oh, shit. And okay. the matches get progressively better. They go from Fuck. like a four star to like a four and a half to like a four and three quarters or oh whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, but I didn't realize they that. Keep, You're 100% and right. there's a lot of call. I watched the SummerSlam one today to see there's a, there are a lot of callbacks and different spots they did and like uh-huh. it does build each match builds on the on the previous before one. we get to the actual amazingness of this match and it's fucking amazing yeah we're edging like how many comedy acts are also accomplished performers because edging christian at this point are like a comedy act definitely but they're amazing well rock and sock connection okay you're right it, so, but you'd before be surprised the, how many times I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah. you don't. I don't usually don't so think of it that of way. Of like high flying guys, like risking life and limb, that are going to tell jokes between. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> right. Watch this match. Yeah, there's really no other way to say it. I mean, this is everything, like the high flying, all the the hardcore stuff that actually makes sense, where it's not stupid. Because first of all, there's nothing gimmicked on this. You know, there's nothing made. So there's no good. fake do- doors and plate glass windows. There's real ladders and real tables and 20 feet drops, and it all looks great. 
And I, like I said before, it's better plan. It's better executed and it's better planned than what they did at sixteen, which was already pretty great. Exactly. So and this fuck. has more stakes, more characters involved. Way better teamwork this year. You're not yeah. seeing spots over other spots. That, like you, there's clear oh, yeah. camera there's cuts. There's one thing at a time happening, and it makes sense. But it's sense. paced perfectly. And then the but, but the, my one issue with this, which maybe is a good thing, is why does it take so long for us to see the above ring camera? It doesn't come in right that away. Right, yeah. Now did did it make it more satisfying because they held it up on us until you see it? Yeah. That the like a first big moment you need it because yeah. that above ring camera is so scary. It makes it look legit frightening. So we've been seeing yeah. the same angles in every other way. I don't. I still don't understand why that's not used in every single match. It doesn't have to be a table. Doesn't just match. have to be this. It would just, look good. Anyways, do you have any highlights? Okay, so there's a couple things. It's tough to describe this in in words often, but there's a lot of like they As set up to. <laughs> no, I well, well, because I mean, it's so much of it is like the mechanics of these ladders. Like I can't. I'd have to draw a diagram, or you just have to watch it. You know, you put um, three ladders in the middle of the ring, all six. All six guys are on them. The two outside ladders fall towards the ropes. They all land on their crotches on the ropes, which sounds silly, but it looks good. And the middle guys also like get thrown off the ladder. So like it's just carnage at all turns. There's um, multiple run-ins. Yeah, and they basically before the match they tell. So in this, the Dudleys had Spike Dudley, the Hardys had Lita, Edge and Christian had Rhino, and they're all injured, which means they're all going to run in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Spike Spike's. Uh, Two are pretty great. He runs in. He he bulldogs Edge off a ladder, and then he bulldogs Christian outside of the ring into a table, and it looks real bad. Like they got hurt. Like all these moves. There's no move in here. They're like, oh, he landed through that table right. I had a really it, quick question though about who you just mentioned, Spike Dudley. No, is Rhino Ryback? 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 Ugh, what's his name now? As far as character was, yeah. Uh, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Because didn't they? And they and I, I think they just brought Rhino back. Rhino has been in NXT for like uh last six months or so, kind of being like jobber to the stars or like trying to give the rub to guys. So this is a guy and I but I and think he he's... returned to Raw. Yes. Yeah. He returned to Raw with the Dudleys, with Tommy Dreamer exactly. in the last two weeks. Okay, so like but isn't <laughs> how does that work when you have a guy that's essentially the modern equivalent of an old guy and then the old guy comes back? Well, actually I think there are some similarities with Ryback and, and Rhino. Um I think Rhino's a really like straightforward character of like He's a rhino and he gores people, which is a spear. Where Ryback is like a mix of Goldberg and RVD's tights, and so it's stupid. not like the carbon copy. It's no, just no, similar. No. There is there's They're some in the same family. Yeah, yeah. Just okay. The style of, of wrestling. Let's get back to this match. Sorry about that. Yeah. So um, that's the first one. Uh, then Rhino does come out. He takes out the Dudleys and he gores Matt through the table. Which once again, you can't. I mean, the way that hits it, like. Your neck and head snapping back. Oh god, this looks so. I it looks so bad, and oh, which yeah. means so good. So Lita comes out with her signature look, which is her thong <sighs> yeah. whale tailing. Um, she hurricane Rana's rhino, um, and then I just have the note in here. It's like a Rube Goldberg pain machine. Like there's a lot of like somebody gets hit with a chair, who then knocks over a ladder, and then that guy falls through a table. It's so and that stuff you do have to plan. Obviously, like it wouldn't look good if they didn't have this totally planned. Lita gets hit. There's no yes, other way around does. it. Lita, uh... Well, her... she takes her shirt off first. Well, yeah, she's got a, t- like, bra, and it's not like No, she's... yeah. Okay, and... Well, later in a, in Raw, she would be naked on Raw, so... I don't... What? I don't know this. Side note is, after this, when she eventually 
uh, turns on the Hardys, uh-huh. breaks up with her real-life boyfriend, Matt Har- Hardy, and starts real-life dating Edge, and in storyline dating Edge, they celebrated a win in the ring by, like, being in a bed under covers, and she was actually topless, and, like, they pulled the blanket by, by accident, air quotes, uh, and she was nude on Raw for a second, because they were fucking, that was the storyline. In kayfabe, they were fucking in the middle of the ring on Monday Night Raw. That's pretty cool. Putting the Raw in Monday Night Raw. Was he naked? No, he's a dude. He's a cool dude. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this all Anyways, makes sense The horrible things I have to say Lita gives Spike a chair shot That is just fucking massive Yeah It's you, so These chair shots oh You can God. hear them The Dudley's 3D Lita Yes And that actually looks safe That looks not botched Not botched And Heyman does it, As he's like screaming Take it off Take it all off She gets 3D That's uh, dangerous He's um, got a Heyman's got a great quote in this Which is Everyone is a victim In tables, ladders, and chairs Accurate um, Hardy, uh, Jeff Hardy does his signature move and one of the more dangerous things in this match uh, off a looks like a 20 foot ladder uh, Rhino and Spike oh God, are on yeah. two tables and he does his swanton which is a uh, somersault um, and puts them through one table basically uh, and I it's, thought you were talking about a different iconic shot oh, yeah, that's featuring uh, Jeff Hardy in this match yeah that happens too Jesus. Um, then He's he takes Rhino and Spike out. Um, well, did I miss? I didn't miss the. You pro- I the probably. Spear. I'm just oh, no, going all it. around. No, it's cool. Um, so then there's a thing where Christian and Devon are hanging off, uh, hanging from the titles. Oh god, this looks Devon so da- dangling dangerously. Thanks, Bad. JR. Yeah. So they f- um, they they get knocked down. And then Jeff Hardy tries to basically tight walk across four ladders. He actually botches this. You can kind of tell. He was supposed to get to the last one, it looks like, because he can still set up the next move. This would probably be the iconic one where he is then hanging from the belts. Yep. And Edge goes off a 20-foot ladder and spears him to the ground. Well, the mat, but... Oh, my God. If Vine was around in 2001, this would like top 10 Vine of the year. Yeah, I mean, this is why this match is, is so legendary. This is if you why... follow them on Instagram, this is still used every single time they mention tables, ladders, chairs. It's got to be. This it's is the so iconic one. It's fucking work. insane. Yeah. He should, both men should be done with wrestling right. at this point. They're fine. Well, I mean, Well, this is why Edge has a neck that's Sure, like but he wrestled quarters. for another, what, 15 years? Another 10 years, and this is years. why... His neck is ruined, and Jeff Hardy's a drug addict. You know, I mean, this oh is what God. this is what it does to your body. Um, and then that's not even done because then <laughs> Bubba and Matt uh, are on a ladder, and Rhino pushes the ladder. They fall through four two by two tables on the outside of the ring. Uh, that's our second holy shit chant of the night. And then Rhino basically hoists Christian up so he can get the belts. This match is fucking insane, and my note is ah with eight H's. Nice and seven exclamation points. My favorite line from JR is, my God, say a prayer for these six men. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's a great JR, like, pa- put pathos in and it. And it, it just kind of ends, but. Yeah, it does kind of end. That is to. the thing, because they can't do anything. They, it, they've, they've all gone through a table. It's fucking crazy. It's so good. Yeah, and the thing is, Edge and Christian won all three of these matches. I had no idea. And it's funny because I don't think. This is like a, this is a push thing. Like, they were very over. But the Dudleys and the Hardys were so more, I think. I mean, I, I vaguely recall, and then even just judging by the match, these they didn't seem as over as the Hardys and the Dudleys because the Hardys and the Dudleys did this stuff a lot, and Edge and Christian kind of were able to elevate themselves to this level. All of, But that being said, all of these teams deserve to win. You yes. don't care who wins go. because like they deserve it. They yeah. all fucking That's deserve it. That's the funny it. thing, too. Even when the Dudleys are like attacking the woman... 
it's not it doesn't go like traditional heel face in this. No. The the audience is the winner because they're all gonna like do crazy shit. Everything happens for a reason, no pun intended for Limp Biscuit, but <laughs> that makes sense in this match, and you would think that in a tables, ladders, and chairs match, nothing would make sense. But maybe like usually you add all these extra elements, it just doesn't work, but this it could not have worked any yeah. better. How do you have tables, ladders, chairs, three run ins and everything makes sense? It's fucking crazy. And how did the last hour of WrestleMania become near perfect with the McMahons yeah. and then a tables, letters, chair mix and paper. This is horrible. And this is why this has been a really good WrestleMania. Fuck. And it, we still have, well, we have one silly thing and then two. And I love the silly thing. Things. Let's get to the silly thing. But before we do that, WWF access. Yeah. The only thing that's great in that for me. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Oh, there's two great things. Okay, Good go. Okay. No, there's Actually, a bunch of great things. All right, go ahead. What do you Number got? one, XFL section. That is the greatest <laughs> thing possible. Because we all know and love the XFL. Was it like how would it have a couple more weeks? I don't know. It's yeah. so amazing. Um, there's a Make a Wish booth. Guess who's in it? Who's in it? Mick Foley, because he's a nice man. Yeah, he uh, he sold a personalized Mister Sacco for two hundred dollars, but he's also scalping a pair of tickets, <laughs> <laughs> which so is going much. in his pizza fund. Uh, Jr. is selling barbecue sauce, which he does to this Still day. Does. I love that so much. Kane is giving an in-mask interview, in which mask. is hilarious. And The Rock is also with Make-A-Wish Kids. Yes. This yeah. is a great little, like, we're great segment, which they have now just fucking perfected. Yeah. The WWE is amazing with PR. I mean, John Cena has done more Make-A-Wishes than any other person alive. Right. And Jeff Hardy's wearing a Jeff, a uh, Jack Daniels hat. I a Jeff Daniels this. hat would be better, but him being I love this so much. We go back to the arena, and for the first time in a very long time, we have set an attendance record, 67,925 fans. We are getting to an old-school feel. All of a sudden, we have some old-school announcers. Mean Gene is back, and this is already going to be fucking awesome. Yes. So Mean Gene comes out, as does Bobby the Brain, who will be commenting on our gimmick Battle Royale. Which is exactly what it sounds like. Yes, it's 19 a, wrestlers. This is so great. I love it so fucking much. Bobby the Brain is back. I love him. This is thus far, my note, the best mania yet. Yeah. Things change, though. It drops off a little okay, bit. Okay, it drops off a little bit, but there is some charm in this, especially since it's only three minutes long. Oh, The I'm, intro is longer. I am not knocking this at all. Oh, okay. I okay. like this one. I think the next match is overrated, and we'll get to that. But oh, definitely. Let's definitely. run through a few of these. I don't have notes for everyone. Bushwhackers, I'm super... Uh, glad that they're back. First they're, time wrestling since WrestleMania Five. They were they're healthy and they were on the verge of death before, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Duke the dumpster. Who the fuck is that? This is from the stage of wrestlers in the in the new generation when wrestlers had a job. Got it. Okay. Iron Sheik. Fuck yeah, he's awesome. Earthquake. Fuck that. He the, looks okay. He does look okay, but fuck that guy. Yeah. The goon. Who the fuck is the this goon? This should be your favorite. The hockey player. Yeah. But who the fuck? Is, I understand the referencing Slapshot, but I've never heard of this guy. Doink. Fuck yes. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, best sign. What was the sign? Doink is my biological father. That's amazing. <laughs> Kamala and Kimchi with Harville Whippleman. My answer is no. Repo Man, fuck you. Jim Cornette, all right, whatever. Nikolai Volokov. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, You're going no. too quick. No. Repo Man, they were saying a oh, couple years ago, you. Repo Man, what? You didn't like no, no, this go joke ahead, from, go ahead. from uh, Bobby. Uh, they were talking about Repo Man, uh, you know, a couple years ago, he got, or I guess uh, Mean Jeans, like he got my mother-in-law's car, and Bobby makes a joke about how, like, Everybody got your mother-in-law a few years ago. All right, moving on. <laughs> you, just good old-fashioned sexism. Jim yes. Cornette, whatever. Nikolai Volokov, hell yeah, he looks okay. so horrible. <laughs> so He's bad. about to die. Uh, Freebird Michael Hayes, I understand this. Yeah. He's in Texas, 
But the gimmick is, is he's a racist piece of shit. And he is Stone Cold's one of Stone Cold's favorite wrestlers and, and talks sequined, about him all the time. Sequined Confederate flag cape. Here's the thing about uh, the history. Uh, change. Yeah. You lost. Yeah. Way after you put on that, way before you put on that fucking cape. Yeah, like a hundred years before you, you lost. Ever put on that cape. So fuck this piece of shit. The crowd loves him, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, gobbledygooker, which I only know about because of the internet. Obviously, it's a turkey. Yeah. Well, you also know because it's he debuted the same Survivor Series as Undertaker twenty five years ago <laughs> this year. Uh, you forgot one main gang who was previously Akeem. Oh, AKA we're not done. It's Twin Tower. We have Hillbilly Jim. Yeah. Which my note is ugh. Brother Love makes sense, and Sergeant Slaughter, but he was better to me when he was an Iraqi sympathizer. Well, that that would be you. Um, they do show a they show like a package to remind you who Sergeant Slaughter was. Him like shooting guns and being with tanks, and Bobby has his best line of the night. That was then. Now he's shooting blanks. Yes. Yep. I have the it. same line. Yes. One of the oh. ones that actually there's a note here. Um, tugboat, which I don't even remember Tugboat no, I don't being know tugboat. in in WWF. Um, he basically looks like Popeye. He was Typhoon. So he was Earthquake's partners when they were, like, natural disasters or whatever. The funniest thing here is, though, uh, that guy actually has one of the worst, best gimmicks of all time, the Shockmaster. Google, uh, YouTube, uh, or Bing it, uh, Shockmaster. Official sponsor, Bing, everybody. Yeah. WCW gimmick they gave him. He basically had a Stormtrooper helmet that had, like, sparkle paint on it. And he was supposed to, like, it was, there's a promo with, I think, I think it's Flair, maybe it's Dusty, but they're like, intro, this is going to be the baddest guy, baddest motherfucker, the Shockmaster. He's supposed to get through, pop through like a gimmick wall with like some pyro, except someone either as a rib or because they fucked up, they had nailed a two by four at the bottom. So he falls through the thing and they're like, they're piping in the voice because he's supposed to have like a Darth Vader voice. He's like, I am the Shockmaster. It's one of the funniest. And if you can find the one where Dusty is discussing how fucked up and stupid this was, it's even better. So, yeah, he should have won the gimmick battle. Uh, so I think that they cut away to Sergeant Slaughter because these are old fucking men and they need help into the ring. Uh, this is really not good. This is No, minutes. but that makes it so much better. Yeah. It's a three minute long battle royale. Most of the 19 men are out within 90 seconds. Yeah, they're just getting thrown out. They're just old men beating each other up it's getting thrown so out. It's so fucking awesome. The Iron Sheik wins. Uh, For he, reasons. He eliminates Hillbilly Jim, which I fucking love. But then Sergeant Slaughter comes in the ring and is a big American dick. Yeah, this is the like... End. It's totally a thing Cena would do, right? It's so great. Like, if Cena got eliminated by a foreigner, he would just go in and be like, do-do-do-do, oh. and he would, like, attack the guy because America. All right, so that's over, and yes. like that's it. We're not even going to recap it. It's There's, just it happened. This is your piss break, and as far as piss breaks go, I don't want to piss. I fucking love this. Yeah, thing. it's the best one. So it's actually the worst one. Yeah, by that measure. Now we have a very long video package for Triple H and Undertaker, and if we can kind of like okay, here's the thing. Even with this package, it's the reasons for this match existing are still so tenuous. They can't even really sell it, even with the video package. Basically, this is Triple H in his um, leather jacket with a jean vest over it phase. This is American Badass Undertaker with his Limp Bizkit motorcycle riding phase. So, low points for both of them. This is Triple H uh, after, I mean, he's had his first big run in 2000 when... Um, when Stone Cold when was out of the company. he headlined WrestleMania. Well, yes, but also he had done... Other he had done other feuds in the last year or two. Um, present you know he was at kind of an ultimate heel at this point. Um, 
all, a lot of his stuff that's iconic, like him cutting away, came to the ring, the song, a lot of that established at this point. Um, where he basically he he said, "I want to I want a main event WrestleMania. I beat everybody." Undertaker Undertaker took exception to that, um, and then. So that's the premise for the match. Basically, basically, I, yeah. I beat everybody else. And you guys, I beat everyone beat else. Yes, yeah, so, the end. But then they kept the feud going. So like, whatever. Let's just Kane get threatened to, to throw Stephanie off a balcony. That's fun. Um, Triple H used the sledgehammer, and then a thing that's really important is that he broke Taker's thirty-five thousand dollars motorcycle. They, they make that the most. They the really big... not the fact that they almost murdered his kayfabe wife. Yeah, yeah. But... That's the wor- that's the thing. So uh... I think it's time to play the game. Motorhead is there. Yeah. And they sound really good, actually. Yeah. Like, surprisingly good. Maybe it's because current it's, Motorhead sounds like garbage because he's about to years die. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, well, they've been around Still, for a long fucking time. It's 25 dead. years into their career. Dead, yeah. They sound great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know this, but Lemmy's Cabhead is uh, titled Murder One. So it says Murder One above it. That's and nice. for a company full of it, he's got the number <laughs> one murder. That's what you want to be. And this is when I realized I was not destined to become a, become a wrestler because uh, Motorhead and Lemmy. Just prove it. Why would you want to go wrestle in your short shorts and touch another man in his short shorts or whatever uh, and pretend to be angry at each other and get hurt when you could appeal to way more people and do all the drugs and drink all the booze and sleep with all the people you want and not get hurt? And sing a song. Yeah, why wouldn't you rather do that? He's got murder one in his cap. (laughs) He's the best. It really... It it is a this weird contrast where where Triple H has to be like the super fan, but also like he's Lemmy's peer now because yeah. he spit a water bottle, which it's is a, it's weird because like I'm sure they actually do get along in real life, but like Lemmy's body has gone through just as much as Triple H's, but for completely yeah. different reasons. Recreationally, yeah, yeah. It's so that's why I'm like, oh, this is a weird dichotomy. And now we have the Undertaker's intro, his worst one yet. Dead man walking. You hit the gong. And then, rolling. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, He rides a motorcycle to the ring. He's an American badass. So his intro takes two seconds because he rides a motorcycle to the ring. Yeah, because a band didn't have to play an entire song, which, for the record, I think was too long. No, it wasn't. It's perfect. Fine. Well, if you're going to get them, you're going to fly them there. You might as well take advantage of it. And now I am rooting for Triple H in this match. You're an asshole. Because how fuck, he came out to rolling. See, this is because you're a grown man critiquing 15 year old wrestling, and you're going to critique the no, music. No, even choices. at the time, even in high school, I was like, yeah, give me Motorhead. Wow, we were very principled. I was fully on board with Windows Grip. <laughs> Actually, not at this point. By Chocolate Starfish, exactly. I think I was out. I so think fuck you. You're a liar. That second album, really, though. Classic. Um, so this is, uh, this is a brawl. It really is a brawl. Uh, I have another problem with uh, Taker really quick. Yeah. He's built from Houston because he's from Houston. We're in Houston. What happened to Death Valley, guys? He moved. <laughs> but he's still from there. Yeah. It's the worst fucking entrance ever. Yeah. All right. So it's a brawl. I have all these notes and I don't even want to read them. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> here's it's the, just exhausting. Here's an issue with this. is It's a singles match, but I think you could still get DQ'd, right? Or was it a no DQ? They don't say there's no DQ, but they're out of the ring. They'd be counted out. Yeah, and also, at one point, he pulls out a sledgehammer. Wouldn't that automatically disqualify you? It's only if you get hit. If you only, like, if you, you can brandish a weapon. Okay, I didn't know that. That's why, like, like Chiyota, the referee pulls it, and it's not a DQ. It's like, no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at one point, the taker attacks the ref, and then uh, doesn't that make him a heel? 
Yeah, that's... So who's the fucking face in this, man? Yeah, they're two badasses who want to beat each other for reasons. And so they... They go through the arena again because you have already gone through the arena once tonight. Right. You do get a good line here um, that Heyman says, Bikers proved at Altamont, never a bad place to fight. Great. Topical. Um, They fight through to this kind of, like, tech riser. Yeah. Um, And then... It looks pretty good in there, but then Undertaker choke slams him. It looks great. Here's a here's where the overhead camera doesn't work mm-hmm. when it exposes the business. You mean the nice pillowy mat that Triple H landed on? Yeah, like he jumped out of a fucking window of a building on fire. Yeah, yeah. it's absurd. Because at first it just cuts to like we don't know what happened. He's dead now. It's amazing, and all the fans are like high fiving a, yeah. a, a taker that doesn't care. Yeah, they like you killed a man, and he's just there. Yeah, you're completely right. There's a tombstone that looks really bad in this right after that. Yeah. Before Triple H's use of a sledgehammer, which actually looked pretty good. So the the good spot where we can kind of like we're fast forwarding to this one because there's it's a reason a good, it's not a good match. But um, there actually is a good little callback here. It's it's not it's probably not a callback. It is a kind of a frequent thing where Undertaker gets the sledgehammer when he's kind of he touches his scar from where he got hit by by Triple H. It's a nice little bit of psychology. Sure. It's like, is he going to use it or not? Before he can use it, he gets the low below. Um, and at one point, so what what happens is. Uh, he gets him up for the last ride. At this point, he's not using the tombstone as his finisher. So in that way, it was kind of like a little, oh, remember the Undertaker when you used to like him a lot. But he's using the last ride, which is a power bomb that he lifts you and drops you down. And, like, over his head. And he goes for that, and Triple H is, surreptitiously has the sledgehammer, brains the Undertaker, who then fucking pratfalls. It's awesome. Yeah, with Undertaker, or with Triple H on top of him, just, yeah. like, drops down dead. Um, this was the one moment in the match where I had to rewind it to see, like, did it actually connect? How did it connect? Because right. the way it flips off of Taker is you could not have scripted it any better. Right. The way that the hammer, like, flips around multiple times. Yeah. And it lands, like, just close enough and just far enough so it doesn't look like it was thrown. It was great. Yeah, and it looks believable that he hit him in the head. I think at that point he blades. Um, and then... Yeah, he bleeds a lot. Yeah. And then... He does kick out. Uh, Undertaker kicks out. Triple H does a little tantrum, um, and then he, it, it is a cool little finish where Triple H is beating up Undertaker in the corner, and Undertaker kind of just has him in the a powerbomb position, is able to last ride him for the win. Great. Moving when he's, on. When he's bleeding, he does. You can clearly see him saying, "It's my fucking yard," because <laughs> Undertaker's great. He rides off into the sunset. Oh god, I forgot. He literally rides on a motorcycle. We literally we do have like. A couple more uh, badass. Here's the problem with that too. He he's obviously concussed, and his eyesight has been blurred from all of the blood in his face. Yeah, who is letting him on that motorcycle? It's just dangerous. It's just irresponsible. That's very irresponsible. WWF. All right, here we go. Our main event, which is pretty fucking great. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like the last Rock and Stone Cold, we can get to the package stuff. But I want to say the last time they fought, it was just like it was a match. Like they were both at the top of the business and stuff. But there was something about it that that felt like it was they were still trying to get those heights and they weren't hitting it. This one, I think, there's so many callbacks here that they actually do hit and surpass it. There's so many callbacks here that we hear Limp Biscuits rolling twice in one video pack. I actually no, we hear the whole song. The package is great. Though. The package is actually legit good because the story is that Austin had been uh, real life injured and doing and recovering from surgeries, knees and neck and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won the Royal Rumble. Uh, Rock had beat Angle for the championship, uh, setting them up for a big face versus face storyline. Uh, complicating it, and this is basically gives you the only other than 
you have the belt and I want the belt. The only other angle on this is that Vince made Austin's real life wife and on in, in character, whatever, she was a manager, Deborah. We saw her with Jeff Jarrett uh, a couple WrestleManias ago. He made her manage The Rock. Yeah. Against everybody's wishes involved. And then she inevitably gets hurt and Austin puts that on Rock and say, now this is personal. Totally unnecessary. Totally but unnecessary. Whatever. It's not mentioned again. She's not there. Yeah. And it's probably a good time to mention that in uh, 2012, uh, Deborah Marshall uh, called the cops because uh, Stone, uh, Steve Austin had beaten her on the head, back, Stop. and legs. Are you sure that's not 2002? What I say? 2012. Oh, I meant to. Sorry. Okay. It was not recent. Um, which he pled no contest to domestic abuse. Uh, it's given a year's probation, $1,000 fine, order to carry out eight hours of community service. That happened in real life, so it's probably a good time to, to say that. As so that's what, I've, it many times. that's what I've been referencing from the past 16 yeah. of these. Yeah. That's the that's the God damn it, Stone Cold. Seriously. Don't do that. Um, and here's what you can do. Talk about it publicly. Go do some community outreach. Become a face of responsible ownership of yeah. this bullshit that you did. Yeah. That's it. And just move on. How about you listen to your good, good friend way. Mick Foley? Right. And not do shit like that. Or The Rock. Just don't listen to Limp Bizkit. Don't do it your way or the God highway. God damn it. That's a fucking problem, guys. Yeah, it is. Um, so we get into the match. And here's my question. Who is the face at this point? <laughs> Funny story. So they're bo- they both are. They are coming into this as a face-versus-face championship match. Um, Which we haven't had since, what, six with Taker, Taker Warrior? Yeah. Or excuse me. <laughs> Taker Hogan. both said it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Warrior. Hogan, Warrior. <laughs> yeah, Hogan. Is that the last one? Yes. Okay. Pretty much. I can't really think of another one. Um, so they're coming. They're both coming in as faces. Uh, what will become apparent is that Stone Cold has the home field advantage. Um, but this match, once again, I have a ton of notes, and I don't know or what. Basically, they hit the ground running, and they are at like 100 miles an hour. Yeah, unlike Austin's last Mania appearance, it does not start backstage, but it just starts with the glass shattering, Yeah, and the rock is pretty much there really soon after. Um, both men get gigantic pops. Yes. Austin's is slightly louder, but that just might be me, assuming I that. think they both, yeah. The crowd was really hot. Exactly. Uh, eventually, it does become clear in the match that rock, even though he's not working as a heel, is getting, when he's hitting moves, he's getting more booze. Sure. It is really loud, though. There's a no, uh, JR mentions early and often that there is, it's a no DQ match. We don't know why, but somebody has made this a no DQ match. Perfect. Uh, and like there's instant action, like you said, which is both good and bad because these are the two best talkers of all time. Right. You kind of want to see them yelling at each other, which the rock did before multiple matches. Yeah. This we're just getting right into action, but, but it looks good and they really are not, it's no, like. No pun, no holds part. Like, they really are just going all out. So after the first five minutes, I wrote, was the video package too good for this to live up to? I don't th- I don't think so. I don't think so either. Here's where I also had to rewind. Where and when did The Rock blade? Because he bladed, right? Yes, I think they both do. Uh, I think Austin, I, I know Austin does it after he hits the turnbuckle, but I'm not sure when Rock blades. Okay. Uh, the crowd turned on The Rock when he used the bell. Yes. But that made me very upset because The Rock used the same bell 10 minutes earlier. <laughs> right. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, they, bo- they both used it at You this can't point. present both men as faces and then one gets booze for using the same that's, object. That's the hometown crowd thing. Okay, fine. Which is interesting for multiple reasons. We'll get to that. 
this is where I like to point out that Jr. has saved the previous three hours energy for this match. Oh yeah, he's going crazy, and he'll even after the match will be even like some of his best calls. I it's think. amazing. Oh. So here's where though where the match really takes off. Um, after we've like for the first five ten of a twenty eight minute match, um, they've you know worked through the crowd, done all that stuff, done all those spots. Now here's where we get to the kind of the drama of it. Um, Rock gets. Uh, Austin in a sharpshooter and Austin's bleeding and they do reference it. It is a callback to uh, a literal callback, which yes. is very rare. Yeah, which they say this is reminiscent of what Bret Hart did to Stone Cold. Um, and then he gets out of it. Uh, Austin ends up doing the sharpshooter to the rock, won't break the hold when he gets to the ropes, which once again, it's a deep, no DQ, so I don't think you have to anyway. Um, but then an even more interesting one is he gets. Uh, the Rock in a, the Million Dollar Dream, which is a sleeper hold that he hasn't used since he was the ringmaster with DiBiase. Um, and then The Rock pushes off the turnbuckle, flips back, and turns it into a pin. That's a callback to Austin Hart at Survivor Series 96. So that's not... It's like they're they're like doing the equivalent of deep cuts on these callbacks. Um, then we're also doing all the like fun spots where everyone else is doing each other's finishers. So The Rock stuns Austin. You know, Austin's going to do The Rock Bottom. You know, and I those get even bigger pops, heel or face. Um, and then this is in the match's final phase. I'd say we can go to that. Which, oh, absolutely. Where uh, Vince comes out to booze and asshole chants. Um, where the Rock hits the people's elbow, goes for the pin. Vince pulls the Rock off Austin. And this is like a what the hell moment. You see Rock basically say, motherfucker, like what is this guy doing? Because the storyline for the entirety of the Attitude Era is that Vince and Stone Cold don't like each that's other. That's Stone Cold's character. And that's the, that's the, but that's the under, that's the whole attitude error you can kind of put to that storyline. So why is he saving the rock? So now this is where you know something is, once again, something fucked up is going to happen. Um, so Rock chases Vince in the ring and uh, he gets rock bottom by Stone Cold. The ref gets knocked out. Um, basically Stone Cold now is cooperating with Vince. He's get he gets Vince to get him a chair and he holds the rock wall. Vince hits the uh, the rock. Jr. saying things like "Son of a bitch, I don't believe this," and Stone Cold has sold his soul to Satan himself. Yeah, why, Steve? Why this way? Um, so he's cooperating with him, but it's not. You know, you're still like, what is the? Yeah. What's the plan here? Um, the rock, rock bottom. Stone Cold uh, beats up Vince, but then he gets he gets stunned. Um, Stone Cold then proceeds to hit the rock sixteen times with a chair. Yep. Some of them look like shit, but yep. some of them look like they hurt. Yep. No matter what, someone's getting hit with a chair. Never feels good. Uh, and then, and he wins because there's no DQ. Uh, this is where the crowd, the reaction, they're, they're, it's like, what? Like, so they're booing, kind of, but they're cheering because Stone Cold's going to win, but they're not happy with it. Um, he shakes hands with Vince and sh- and has a beer. Um, there's all your lines of JR going, son of a bitch. Well, like, my favorite one is Austin and McMahon might as well urinate on the rock. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty good. A uh, lot of lot of uh, jokes like that in this WrestleMania. So our heel, t- our our hero is now a heel. He's yeah. worked with Mister McMahon. He hits the rock with the belt. Uh, there's an Austin 420 sign. And here's our pointless WrestleMania X7 recap. No, but first Heyman does say this oh, is the yeah. dawning of the new era, and that's the recap. Totally irrelevant. Attitude era is over. Yes, yeah. that's the key story you had, uh, and and it's it's done now. And the thing is. To this day, Stone Cold says he still would have gone heel. The character was getting a little stale. Yeah. But what you, other that you could go heel, you could cooperate with Vince, and instead you shake, share the beer, 
and then give him the stunner and leave. And then you still got he's a heel because he turned on, he did cooperate and he screwed. No, the he's rock. still a face. He's still a face. He screwed the rock though. It would be and you screwed like the bigger the bigger baby face at that time. Mm, There's a way maybe. to do it to make him a kind of a tweener and they So he somewhat regrets this. Yes. Fans in, and you can't do it in his hometown because you you're going off the It's not his hometown. Well, it's Texas. It's all one sure. big thing. He you can't do it in a, where he's the hometown guy because the cheers don't match up. And we'll get I mean the next his, this is effectively the end of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, the next two will cut. Next two WrestleManias will kind of show what happens after. But this is like one of those huge what if moments if they had handled it differently, because he only had a couple years left in sure. the tank. So do you want to fuck him up or do you want to let him go out? And strong? this is your favorite thus far. Yeah, X Seven is it tops your list. Yep, of all X Seven. All right. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a good one. Should I, what do I have to look forward to in eighteen? Have you seen it? No. Perfect. That's even better. 